Welcome to the Crossing Paths podcast with pastors Brian Burson and John Martinez, the podcast where they embark on captivating journeys through the lives of Sandals Church Banning members, exploring the real-life stories that intertwine our church community and deepen our connections. Thank you for listening and enjoy the show. Well, hey, we have the pleasure of having Travis Thompson in the house today, and he is um, <laughs> not only a part of Sandals Church Banning, but he also is our Beaumont um, head coach for the Beaumont High baseball team. And uh, we're excited just to, to talk to you today and, and get to know you. We know um, you and Lauren and your your family have been a part of this campus, and we're just blessed by that. Um, but this is an opportunity for us to, to get a little um, background story about who you are and how you got to where you're at. And I um, realized just in our conversation before this that you had traveled to Tanzania and you were saying in Moshe, you had some of the best chicken you've ever had in your entire life. So tell, tell me a little bit about like your travels to Tanzania. First of all, happy to be here. Thank you for having <laughs> me. Um, yeah, it's, it was at this place called the Taj Mahal in the middle of, of Moshe. And I don't know how they seasoned it, but it was just, maybe it was just like, you know, you, you know, you go to those like small mom and pop, like taco shops. Those are always the best tacos. Mm-hmm. It was kind of like that hole in the wall kind of place. I mean, I guess every, every little restaurant there was kind of a hole in the wall if you compare it to what we have here, but like we're sitting out on the sidewalk and they're cooking the chicken right there. And then they, we had a big group of people. We had like maybe 15, 20 people with us and they brought it out and I absolutely devoured it. I was like, I don't know what you put in this chicken, but it's great. Um, even people were like, they were full and they were done with theirs. I was like, pass it over. I'll eat it. That stuff was so good. I've never found chicken that has matched it since. The reason I brought that up first is because I'm going to Tanzania with a team from Sandals um, in July. And so I was going to pick your brain a little bit, maybe even after this, about kind of your experience in Tanzania. Tell us, you went with Vanguard. Yeah, I went with the athletics department. We did a missions trip right after I graduated. Wow. Um, That's cool. And it was it was all athletes. Our, our leaders were the men's head basketball coach and the women's uh, assistant basketball coach. And it was basically basketball players – couple softball players, like one soccer player, and I was the only baseball player there. So a lot of what we did um, when we went over there, we, I guess, ministered through athletics. Like we went to different places and we used athletics to reach out. Like we went to a Mm -hmm. youth prison and played in like this little, it was like this little courtyard right outside, um, walls all around it. It was smaller than this room here and we just played soccer with them mm. and you know everybody's laughing having a good time and then these kids start winning mm. we're a bunch of college athletes <laughs> oh dang <laughs> so we are competitive ourselves mm-hmm. and all of a sudden this kid I, I was playing goalkeeper because soccer was like the one sport i never played growing up yeah. i can't i can kick a ball i can't tell you where it's going though. <laughs> um and this kid was probably about 10 feet in front of me in front of the goal and had his back turned to me and just no look kicks it backwards right between my legs into the goal. And I was like, okay. Yeah. All right. I got two, six, seven dudes from the basketball team playing the field. I was like, (laughs) my throw-ins, I'm just throwing it up to them. And it like, 
it got we got really competitive, but it was fun. Um, and then we went to a missionary school where we had kids from all over the world. We had kids from Brazil. There's um, this brother and sister from Korea. A lot of kids who were from the area. And then we had, you know, there was a few Americans. Um, and each day we went there, we did something different. So, like, we did, you know, a little basketball clinic because we had all the basketball players there. And I believe that was the year our men's team had just won the national championship for NAIA. Wow. Mm. So it was, we had a good team. That's awesome. And then one day we did soccer. And they That's their, that's their sport over there. Soccer okay. is yeah, their yeah. sport. Yeah. Um, they do love basketball because they had one basketball player from Tanzania make it to the NBA. And then the next day it was like, oh, we're going to teach them baseball. And I was like, cool, me and the softball players got this. <laughs> <laughs> softball players went inside to work with the little kids and do arts and crafts. So I was by myself. Um, but that it was, I would say this is my first experience in coaching. We just had wiffle balls and a little plastic bat. You know, I was rolling ground balls. I was kind of, you know, there's a language barrier. The kids who spoke Swahili, I had an interpreter so they could, you know, understand what I was saying. But yeah. there was the kids from Korea. They didn't speak English or Swahili. Mm. So huge language barrier. And yeah. I was teaching them how to hit. And I was just having one of, one of the basketball guys help out, and he was just tossing the ball in for them to hit. And the little brother, I'd say he's probably about seven. And I'm trying to explain to him what he needs to do. And I was like, he doesn't understand what I'm saying. I can't go to the interpreter. Yeah. Yeah. So he kept missing the ball, and he kept missing the ball. And I was like, you know what? I got this. I put my hand out. I point at the bat, and I went and telling him, hit my hand with the bat mm -hmm. right here. So he kept hitting the same spot, hit, the, hit my hand, hit my hand, hit my hand. I look at my buddy and say, Kirk, you better throw this ball right where my hand is. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, all right, I got you. Throws the ball. I move my hand, and the kid makes makes connection with the ball, and it goes fly, absolutely demolish this ball. And everybody exploded. Like he he dropped yeah. the bat, started running around screaming. Like, and then I looked up, and he just had this huge smile on his face. And I was like, I think I can do this. No, that's awesome. I, yeah, yeah. Um, so great, a great experience in Tanzania. I'm gonna shift gears. Yes. Um, so just to give a little bit of a background story of like. You, where you grew up, um, where you raised in a Christian home, and then eventually get to how you met Lauren, um, and a, a little bit about your family. Yeah. Um, so I grew up in Riverside. I went to Martin Luther King High School. I did not grow up in a, I would say, active Christian home. Um, you know, if you would ask me back then, I'd say, like, no, we're not a Christian home. Um, we're just good people. Like, mm -hmm. we, we didn't go to church, you know, it wasn't, you know, shared with me, the Bible and Jesus wasn't shared with me through my parents. Um, I had two uncles, my grandpa's brothers, who were pastors and saw them once a year, and, you know, it never really got poured into me like that. Um, but, you know, my parents did a good job raising me, just have a good moral compass and, you know, do things right. Solid family. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then I, I didn't, you know, I really didn't have my come to Jesus until later in life. And, you know, I'd always, you know, I had friends who were going to church and everything like that. And 
you know, the only times I was in a church was at a wedding or, you know, a funeral. And, you know, I had one girlfriend who was Catholic back when I was in high school and I went to, um, the Christmas service on Christmas Eve at that with her and her family. And it was like three hours long and I was like, Oh boy. (laughs) So, um, so I definitely didn't grow up. I, I would say, as big of a believer as I, as I have become, you know, I always, I always believed that there was a God. I didn't quite understand him. Though. Yeah. You know, I didn't know him, but I always mm. just, you know, had this, I was like, yeah, there's, there's somebody, something's going on. Like none of this is just because, right. yeah. um, but it really wasn't until I would even say like a year after I got, to Vanguard, you know, I transferred there from Hawaii and so you lived in Hawaii for a while. Yeah. How did you get to from here to Hawaii? He surfed all the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean not physically, so but like no, what so, took you to Hawaii from Riverside? So I would say, and this is everything in life, baseball got me there. Okay. Um senior year of high school, I wasn't really getting looked at by a whole lot of people. I was actually gonna go to culinary school. Mm-hmm. Um are you a good cook now? Do you, are you the one that cooks in the house? I I do. I do cook a lot, and Lauren is appreciative of that, but she also does her own thing, mm-hmm. and she can cook too. Nice. Um, but it was like maybe a month left in the school year, and I was coming back. I was out three weeks with an injury, and I came back. We were playing against Redlands East Valley at UCR, and – RCC's pitching coach happened to show up. He's like, Hey, you're that Thompson kid, right? When I was warming up, I wasn't going to start, but I came in to relieve. And I was like, yeah, he's like, all right. He's like, okay, good conversation. Had no idea who he was and came in. It was probably the hardest I threw all year. Um, I guess the rest really helped. It wasn't a serious injury. It was just like some shoulder tendonitis mm. and came out to me after the game. He's like, you know, I was about to leave. And then I heard a pop in the bullpen and I was like, I got to stay. Mm. He's like, so, I want you at RCC next year. It's like, oh, thank you. Wow. <laughs> I was like, well, Relief. I was like, culinary school doesn't have a baseball team. That's great. <laughs> um, did two years at RCC. Pitching. Pitching. Okay. Yeah. I became a PO, as we call it in the industry. Pitcher only. My senior year of high school. Well, best pitch was your Ooh, it, best pitch. It changed all the time. Really? Yeah. What so, was your f- fastball was, what was your speed? So, High school, I would say I probably threw maybe 83. That's good. Um, not not in the league I was in. We had two guys at Norco throwing 92 and 95. Ooh, so dang. That's um, fast. It got me to college, though, and then I, I naturally got stronger, and I would say the fall of my freshman year, I was throwing 88, and then kind of plateaued there for a little bit until I started working with this guy in the offseason, Tom House, and he really taught me about mechanics and how I should work out and stuff like that. And then by the time um, I got to Hawaii, I was probably 89, wow. maybe touching 90. Could you throw some doctor the ball, like throw some knuckleballs I, and I, sliders? So and a knuckleball I could never throw. Okay. Um, still can't. Um, but I have there every other pitch that anybody's ever thrown, I have thrown successfully in a game at least once. Wow. Um, even a screwball. <laughs> I was playing men's league and I figured out how to throw a screwball and I – Threw it once successfully, but knuckleball I can never do. Um, but I did learn through various pitching coaches how to doctor up a ball without using 
Um, you know, the big thing is like the sticky stuff, the pine tar, yeah. spider tack that the mm. everybody's getting in trouble for these days. Um, but he taught us like, hey, if you have a scuff on the ball, you can use that to make the ball move more. I was like, oh, cool. So Dang. anytime I had a ball with a scuff, I wouldn't throw it out. I was like, give me that ball. I need that thing to move. Cause it's, I, it's amazing. Like there's a science behind it. It like really a, is. Right? A scuff. I was a decent kid in science classes, but when it came to the science of baseball, I am an A plus student. Nice. Um, so I learned a lot with pitching and I kind of just dove in and I was like, if I, I'm going to be a pitcher, I'm going to be, I'm going to have the most knowledge I can about pitching, That's including cool. what ball I can use. You know, if an umpire doesn't throw the ball out, use it because I can use it to make my ball move more. And that's what I relied on more than velocity was movement. My fastball still moved a yeah. good 15 Which inches. That that really makes a difference right. for the batter. <laughs> yeah. And it's hard to hit a ball that's moving a lot. And, you mm-hmm. know, I have player, you know, players that I've coached and players that I've played with ask me all the time who, who my favorite pitcher is. And I'll say, I'll say Nolan Ryan. Nolan Ryan is my yeah. favorite pitcher of all time. The yeah. guy threw hard. But when they ask me who the best pitcher of all time is, I don't say Nolan. Um, you know, he's the all-time leader in strikeouts, Cy Youngs. He's the all. He has the record for most records held in Major League Baseball, mm. including most walks in a career. So you know, pitching is. You know, <laughs> if you have the most walks all time, you're not the best pitcher of all time. Sorry, Nolan, if you ever see this. <laughs> <laughs> These are fighting words. Yeah, yeah. Nolan is a regular <laughs> listener, so. <laughs> but I tell him the best pitcher of all time, in my opinion, is Greg Maddox because mm. the guy could put any one of his pitches at any given location anytime he wanted. And he has some crazy stats that, like, I would say, like, walks were almost non-existent with him. Mm. If he walked mm. you, it was most likely intentional. Like he was just yeah. purposely staying away from you because you were a dangerous hitter, but he relied on location and movement. He didn't, you know, early in his career he threw. I think he threw ninety five, but you know, when he was older, he you know eighty eight miles an hour in the big leagues is nothing. But he got the job done because he could locate and his ball moved. So I. Re- so you can definitely tell you're a student of baseball. Yes. In addition to being a player in baseball, so you went from RCC. To then Hawaii. to Hawaii. I was a walk-on at Hawaii. Okay, so how many years in Hawaii? Just the one. And what life in Hawaii, just kind of a quick synopsis, like what, what? It was Yeah. what they say, everything goes on Hawaii time. Everything's yeah. laid back. Yeah. No, there's not a huge hustle and bustle. Like, I mean, there's rush hour in Waikiki. I learned that the hard way, but that's where all the tourists are, so that's why. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, but everything's laid back. I, I loved living there. I love just laying back and being able to just hop on my moped in five minutes. I'll be at the beach and just relax. Um, Did you surf while you were out there? Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I learned to surf before I left for Hawaii. On purpose. I had a buddy who surfed and he took us to San Onofre and probably the worst place to take some newcomers because I had a buddy who was coming with me to Hawaii. He took us out there. Probably the worst place to take newcomers to surfing. (laughs) Um, Walking into the water, it's nothing but rocks, so that hurt. Mm. Um, And then we, bad day for waves, and so we literally just mostly just sat on our boards and bobbed in the water. There was a couple waves I tried, um, was unsuccessful, so I didn't even stand up on a board until I was in Hawaii. It was like one random day. We were just, you know, college kids. We had an 8 a.m. class, and we looked at each other like, let's not go to class. Let's go go surf. Yeah, that's what we do in Hawaii. We surf. Yeah. And so we went down, rented a couple boards, and it was literally first wave. 
no. paddled up, stood up, and it was like I was standing on top of the world. I was like, this is a great feeling. <laughs> I see why people do this. It's a good feeling. It's exhausting. Yes, like, it is. Um, I, I taught myself to surf, but I stopped because it was just like, this is insane, like how hard it is as far as constantly getting out there. Yeah. It's a workout. And uh, I remember, I, like, I, I went out there, literally, I was like, I could do this. I've seen enough surfing movies. Like, I've watched Point paddle, Break, man. Paddle, 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 stand up. <laughs> yeah, and, and but the funny thing is, is, like, I'm trying to surf and learn to surf with, like, a gut, right? I got a little belly, right? So the hard thing is, like, people that surf, they have flat stomachs. So when you're doing this, like, you are you stay on the board. I'm, like, pivoting, you know? But that would made it really hard. And then um, I got back out and Jana saw me actually get up and stuff and she was like dang that's crazy like you actually did it you like taught yourself to do it and um and she said uh she's all but you I bet you you um I bet you look like a nice fluffy seal out there for all oh. those sharks <laughs> and I just and she's making a joke like you know Jana she's she's a super like you know she's got a dry sense of humor but it was it was hilarious and i thought about it and that was one of my biggest like fears was sharks growing up and so as soon as she said that it just messed me up and i was like i'm not going back out there i was like no more seal john is going out there (laughs) yeah so yeah it's fun john the seal does not exist anymore (laughs) nope nope he got out of the water man okay tired from hawaii you came back to the states yeah i mean obviously yeah mainland mainland i should say um, and so then tell me a little bit about like how you met Lauren, how that relationship started. So I was originally going to go to Chico state. Um, I have family up there. The coach wanted me and, you know, I, I went all these different places in that off season after I left Hawaii to find a place to play a couple play, you know, Cal state LA said no because of who I work with in the off season. They didn't like Tom house. Um, San Marcos didn't even give me a shot. Chico did. They liked me. It's a lot cheaper to go to a state school. And I was like, okay, I got family up here. Chico's a nice area. Um, but Vanguard wanted me. My my summer college program, our home field was Vanguard. So he, the, he was going to be the new head coach. I never went to Vanguard before because of, you know, I didn't necessarily agree with the, the coach that was there at the time. And he's, I gave that – I gave him the courtesy to call him. I was like, Hey, I'm going to go to Chico. Um, it's going to be a lot cheaper. I have family up there, but I appreciate the opportunity. And you know, you give me the look and he told me, it was like, well, if we can make Vanguard cheaper, we will. He's like, I know your best friend goes here. You got family down here in SoCal. We're close to the beach, like Hawaii. So it wouldn't be a huge difference. And I was like, yeah, you're making good points. And then he offered me like a, I want to say it was like 65, 70% athletic scholarship. Dang, that's good. Um, yeah, so that helped out a lot. And he's like, and we see you being our day one opening day starter on the mound. And wow. I was like, oh, okay. starting. Okay. <laughs> I haven't done that since high school. That's like, convincing okay. I've been, right there. I've, last three years I've been sitting in the bullpen, but starting, okay, yeah. And then I chose Vanguard. Um, and then I met, I would say officially met Lauren probably September that year and you know when I got to Vanguard I was like you know I'm here to play baseball it's like I'm not looking to you know date any any of these Vanguard girls like <laughs> they're trouble man yeah I was like, <laughs> I'm, here, I'm here to focus on baseball and I met her in like September through a mutual friend it was a teammate of hers so when I first got there some of the f- first few friends I made were a couple of basketball players who had just transferred in and then uh 
couple of the softball players who were dating those basketball players. And through them, I met Lauren. So Lauren also was an athlete mm-hmm. and she played softball. She did softball her okay. first two years. Okay. And she had a, a shoulder injury, had to get surgery. Um, and, you know, to this day, her shoulder's still not the same, but mm-hmm. it, it, it hindered her ability to play. And I think she just kind of fell out of love with softball. I think she you know, was over it. Um, and she stopped playing softball. But then she just jumped over to the track team. Never did track. Wow. But she was like. So she's a natural. Yeah. She's I mean, just a in, natural in high, athletic. In high ability. school, she did soccer, water polo, cheer. Wow. Uh, a little bit of basketball. Like she just, she did all of them. And, but softball was what got her to Vanguard. And then she joined the track team. She pretty competitive. She can be. Okay. Yeah. Which is. Which so you is, never go like miniature golfing with her or she might show you up. We have before. And I, th- I think she has beat me at mini golf before. Um, He's throwing his clubs in the water. I think, I think she's, be- she's beating me. At, she's beating me at bowling too. Dang. I'm sorry, Travis. It's, 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 it's all hard. Right. It's all right. It's a humbling I, experience. It, it is. <laughs> it is. When, you know, I thought I was better than I was, I guess, but it, she's better than I thought I was too. Uh, <laughs> but it's good to know that, you know, our kids will have some kind of competitiveness. Yeah, and, you got it in the genes, yeah. man. So... It was, yeah, so September we met, and then I, you know, we talked for a little bit, and I was trying to play the, you know, trying to play it cool. It was like, yeah, you know, I came from Hawaii, big D1, not big D1, but D1, and, you know, blah, 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 I played baseball, and it wasn't working, not happening. Did, she wasn't impressed. <laughs> no, she was not, yeah. and, <laughs> I mean, she had already been there, you know, that was her sophomore year, and she had already, you know, she knows the previous baseball players. So I got, you know, put in that box. I'm a baseball player. Okay. And I was like, this is, I gotta, I gotta mix it up here. And I was like, okay, time to be myself. And I, you know, we've just started being goofy and making her laugh and found out we like a lot of the same things, music and everything like that. And then we started dating that November and we haven't looked back since. Mm. So you got married Got married. And have two kids now. Yes. And that young kids. So you guys are. And, and then Sandals Banning exclusive, our third is in the oven right now. Yeah. Dang. Hey, this is breakout <laughs> news right on, here. We, we have the scoop. We have the scoop <laughs> here, right here at Sandals Church. You Banning heard on it the here cross, first. Yeah. In, in, in this podcast, Crossing Path podcast, we have the inside scoop on yeah. the Thompson family. A lot, a lot of the Ooh. reason why she can't be here, she's. Going Enough. through it right now. Yeah, that's nah, hard. Yeah, you well, never congratulations. Know. That's exciting, Thank man. You. Three kids. Uh, yeah, one in in the cooker right now. But yeah. and the ages of your others. Rory, our oldest, will be three on New Year's Day. Our other one, Joey, she will be two in June, wow. and that's actually when the third one is due. Is June. that's pretty good that he, oh, yeah. he remembered those details. Yeah, because. Yeah, most guys couldn't pull that off, yeah. so I'm proud of you. It's it. That's tricky because I got five of them, and so yeah. the, but all of my girls are in February, so it's sixth, ninth, seventeenth, and then you, and then you got Valentine's Day too. Yeah, I know so it's, it's a like, crazy month. Yeah. Okay, we're gonna talk baseball at Beaumont High School, but then we're gonna get a little bit more serious because I was okay. gonna talk about um, just your your kind of upbringing something that happened in your family that we want to talk yeah. about and um, but before that I want to talk about Beaumont High and your job there now so um yeah 
that that was the the ultimate goal for me um, when I got into coaching was to coach high school. You know, if I somewhere far down the road, if I get an opportunity to coach, be a head coach at the college level, somewhere local, mm-hmm. um, that'd be great. Uh, but I honestly love where I'm at. And and if you don't know, like somebody's listening, they have never seen Beaumont High School. It's a beautiful campus. Like yes. Big, beautiful yes. campus. Spread yeah, out a lot. Spread, yeah, huge piece of property. Yeah. Um, it really, honestly, driving past it frequently, yeah. um, it's it's really a premier piece of property. Yeah, it is. And I think they're only getting bigger, especially with all the new houses coming in. And yeah. the population at that high school is, is up there. Yeah, yeah. So there's a big, big pool to pull from for talent. Um, mm. But I was fortunate enough, you know, I was in Indio, I was at Indio High School before I got here, and an, an opening came at Mountain View Middle School here in Beaumont, and I was blessed to get the job. And I was like, cool, I'm, I'm doing what I need to do. I'm not driving 50 miles for work every day. I'm, and that's physical education. Yeah, yeah. And now my commute is two miles. And that's I'm close awesome. to home. Yeah, that's awesome. And it made it, you know, made me think about. It. I was like, well, if you know, if I got back into coaching, I could still do that because I was doing it at Indio when my oldest was born, and we just had her. And you know, there was times when I was out there, she wouldn't see, she wouldn't see me right. for like a week. Yeah, because she'd I was go to bed. And- I was leaving before she woke up, and I was yeah. coming home. She was already in bed. Yeah. And then Saturday morning, it was like ecstatic. She's like, oh, dad. I was like, oh, yeah, it's been a week for you. Wow. And so that was hard. So having the opportunity to be close to home and even now with the, the coaching position I've been blessed with, um, being able to do that and still just be down the road. Yeah, because yeah. those schools are uh, Mountain View Middle School and Beaumont High are right around the corner from each other. Yeah, like, and, and I live a mile from the high school. Yeah. And you get to do something, I mean – Sports has been a part of your life right. and story and something you have a passion for. Right. And you get to be outside a lot. Yes. Right. Yeah. And doing what you enjoy. Yeah. Um, and then on top of that, I mean, the cherry on top is the coaching that you're coaching baseball, which you, I mean, you're a student of baseball more in, in not just a player. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's great. Yeah. That's great and that's, that's the biggest thing I try to instill in my players is be a student of the game. If you really want mm. to get the most out of it, what you're getting here at practice, I can only give you so much. Yeah. Do, understand. Yeah. It. Do the extra work at home. That's and, good. You know, especially now, you know, they pull out their phone, YouTube, Instagram, you have so much information available to you. You don't need to go pay for all these trainers. If you really put in the work yourself and pay attention to what these guys are saying, um, which I wish I had. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I would. I would be on my phone on YouTube and Instagram, looking at baseball accounts and trying to figure out, okay, how do I make this better? How do I do this better? And the, they have that information at their fingertips these days. Yeah. Um, but I got a. I got a good group of guys. I'm excited. Um, we'll see how this next season goes. I know we're we're in a very competitive league, mm-hmm. and I think we have the talent to be very successful this year. Um, and I, I'm getting guys to buy in and I, 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 you know, I hear from the parents and, you know, my assistant coaches, like things are, things are already looking better That's great. than the last year. And, and it can take years of building and really getting the, into yeah. the sweet spot. Um, but it's great to start off with talent. Yeah. So yeah. Well, also Lauren is an elementary teacher yes. at a, the elementary school right around the corner from those schools. 
the her elementary <laughs> school is right across the street from the baseball field. Wow. Yeah, it's that's it's awesome. What a setup. Yeah, that's great. So what what grade does she teach? She's first grade. Okay. Yeah. She awesome. Got, she got the little ones. That's cool. So fun. Okay, I'm, I'm gonna change topics because you brought up at a fairly early age your father passed away. Right. Um, which I can only imagine. What, how old were you at the time? I was 18. Okay, so at 18 years of age, a young, impressionable man, um, you know, the the most important male figure in your life passes away. So how did how did he die? Um I have I I haven't gotten the the clear you know what exactly had happened. Um I have my assumptions and I and it's safe to say it was, you know, it was a heart attack. From okay. now but that I'm older. Totally unexpected though. Right. Okay. He had had one before when I was 13, but it was mild and, you know, hadn't had issues with it since. Yeah. Um and it was just a, it was over Christmas break my uh, freshman year at uh, RCC. And I had left to go uh, to the Brining Iron with friends. And I got the call from my brother on the house phone. It's like, first of all, my brother doesn't call. Nobody calls me on the house phone. And I answered, it's my brother. I was like, my brother never calls me. Mm. He said, you need to come home. Wow. I was like, I just got in. Like, what do you mean? He's like, no, you need to come home. Like, okay. And pulling up to my house, I see sheriff parked outside. I see my grandparents' car outside, and I was just like, okay, what is going on? Mm. And park the truck, get out, and it was the first time that I'd ever seen my brother in tears. Mm-hmm. And He's older or younger? Older. He's okay. six years older. Okay. And, you know, like a Band-Aid, he just had to get it out. He said, dad's gone. Mm-hmm. And I lost it. Mm-hmm. And then I see my grandpa behind him in tears. My grandpa was uh, was in the Marines for 20 years. Uh-huh. Career military. And that's his son. Mm-hmm. Okay. His youngest. And the toughest man I knew. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, I don't even think, I used to think he didn't even have tear ducts. Like, <laughs> like, it was, he was that tough. Yeah. And... I see him in tears and it was just like, it's all hitting me. Like this is, this is real. Mm -hmm. Um, And I ran inside my entire family's there. Everybody's in tears and I don't see my mom and I'm just yelling, where's mom, where's mom, where's mom. And she's sitting on the floor in the kitchen crying. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it was rough. And, and the first thing I don't, at the time, you know, I I was 18 I didn't. I just didn't want to be in the house at that time, um, and I, I've been blessed to have some amazing friends in my life who I met through baseball. So the first person I called was my my best friend Michael. Um, he was my catcher all through high school. He was going to be my catcher that year at RCC. Wow. Uh, he's best man at my wedding. I was best man at his wedding. That's the guy to call, mm-hmm. mm. and he just said, "Get over here." So I drove to his house and opened the door, just grabbed me and just hugged me. Mm. And I don't know if he knew exactly what he was doing, but he made the best call that he could have. And while I was driving over there, he had called my teammates from high school and at RCC, the ones who I was at Branding Iron with. 
and had them all come. And so I was, it took my mind off things because I I had my guys there and they knew exactly what to do and what to say in that situation. Mm. Um, and I was very fortunate for them and I was very fortunate to have Michael make that call. And it was, it was what I needed at the time. And I, I almost walked away from baseball because of it. And, you know, my, my coach at RCC was like, Hey, you take all the time you need. Mm -hmm. But my dad instilled in me, you don't ever quit. Yeah. And I knew that if I were to quit baseball, one, I, I don't know, I, I don't know what path I'd go down. Mm. Um, but I knew that when I met him on the other side, I was in for, <laughs> I was in for A it. tongue lashing. So I, I knew, again, baseball, um, I would say saved me in that moment because I knew, you know, I can't quit. Yeah. Now I'm playing for more than just myself. I'm playing to show people what my dad turned me into mm-hmm. and because you know i am who i am because of him yeah you're a fr- huge reflection of your yeah. father and so i use baseball as my platform t- as kind of my 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 process for working through that mm-hmm. and you know to this day i still you know i have my moments where i think about it and i break down and just ball my eyes out you yeah. know which all, can be healthy yeah absolutely yeah. i've learned that as I get older, so if you younger people cry, it's, yeah. it's healthy Little for you. Young whippersnappers <laughs> out yeah. there. Yeah. It's okay yeah, to cry. And, you know, like wedding day, you know, my dad missed out on that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my, the, my, my family, my people, you know, my, my tribe, I guess, did everything they could to make it a memorable thing and still remember him. Yeah. Um, Lauren got me this little pin with a, picture of my dad on it that I wore the entire night um my brother the gift my brother gave me for my wedding was so like significant to me it was um <clears throat> it was my dad's bottle of cologne that he always wore mm-hmm. This old, I think it's called old English English leather. Mm-hmm. Like when we went places, that's that kind was my classic. Dad. That was my dad's musky, scent. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and we were getting ready for the wedding. My me and my groomsman, my, you know, my brother was in the wedding, and he hands it to me, and I was like, I was just lost. I had no words. I was like, mm-hmm. You sure? I was like, You don't want it? He goes, No, you you deserve that. Mm. Um, every now and then I still splash some on and even my buddies, you know, I grew up playing baseball with, I opened it up and I threw it on and my buddy Ryan, he's just like, I know that smell. <laughs> like your dad always smelled like that. Like his truck always smelled like this. I was like, yeah, that is like, this is, this is my dad's scent. It's funny how, um, scents. Yeah bring you back into places. Yeah. And so they, even, even my boys, dab some on for the mm. ceremony. I was like, all right, cool. cool. This is awesome. And, um, you know, there's other moments that I wish my dad could be here for. Like I know, I just absolutely know he would absolutely loved my daughters. Yeah. Um, he would have loved Lauren, mm-hmm. especially yeah. with how competitive and some, sometimes feisty she can be. <laughs> I know they would have had a great relationship. Yeah. Um, and it, it, 
it took me a while to process, you know, he's not necessarily missing it. Yeah. He's just not here physically to be a part of it. But I know, you know, when the day comes and I'm, you know, meet up with him again, he, we're just going to talk about it. He's like, Hey man, back in, the, you know, that, that, uh, that fight you had with Lauren back then, he's like, you were wrong. You were wrong. <laughs> I know it's like, and uh, you know, that's how I get through things like that is like, how, would, how would my dad handle talking to me about this kind of stuff? And I kind of have that internal mm. dialogue and I imagine what my dad would say based on, you know, my life growing up, how would, how would he be talking to me about this? Yeah. Would he be proud of me in this moment? Would he be, you know, a little disappointed to be in this moment? And so that's kind of been my, my guide is him. And then, you know, one of, one of the harder things, you know, especially when I, when I came to find God was, um, you know, I started to have doubts. I was like, well, we didn't go to church. My dad didn't talk about God. And, you know, and, you know, after I was, I got baptized, I was was talking to my mom about it. And, you know, with tears in my eyes, I was like, was dad saved? Mm -hmm. And she just looked at me with tears in her eyes. She says, yeah. You, it's just like when we had you guys, we became so busy with sports, with your brother, your sister, you. Um, I know it wasn't a big part of our lives at that moment, but yeah, you're, he's like, she's like, actually, your Uncle Kenny was the one who baptized him. Wow. I was like, oh, thank God. Wow. And, and it, it just, it kind of gave me that little bit of relief. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, I miss him all the time. Yeah. And you know, big moments come up. I'm like, ah, he'd yeah. be proud of yeah. knowing that you became the yeah baseball coach, head baseball coach at Beaumont High, and yeah, I know he would be. Yeah. So, well, um, there's a lot more we could talk about, but um, maybe for a, another episode, especially as we you're continuing your career and yeah. as we get to follow kind of Beaumont High and the baseball team there and your family, uh, we're just super grateful for your time. And uh, super grateful that you and Lauren and your kids are a part of Sandals Church Banning. Yeah, yeah. Usually how we wrap things up is um, John and I just have an opportunity to close um, in praying over you. Right. Uh, so let me go ahead and do that. Lord, I just thank you for Travis and I thank you for his life and story. And I thank you just for the opportunity just to, to hear just some of that or just the, the journey that you've taken him on. I thank you for Lauren. I thank you for... Um, bringing those two together. I thank you for just the testimony and witness of that. I thank you for taking him through hard things, losing his dad at 18 and the influence um, that his dad has left, uh, Lord, as part of his legacy in their family. Um, I thank you for the work that you're doing in him as a part of, Lord, the community of Beaumont. And I pray, Father, that you would use him as a beacon of light. Let his light so shine before men that they might see his good works and glorify his father in heaven and uh, bless their family, protect them, prosper Lauren too, as she teaches those little ones in first grade. And I pray that she um, just love her job, love the season of life, um, be blessed in her marriage and with her kids. And so I just commit them to you. We thank you in advance of the work. I pray that your hand would be upon Travis just in his spiritual leadership of his family, the legacy that he's um, creating um, with his family, but also with his baseball team, uh, the guys that he has on the team, the influence that he'll have, the the words of life that he can speak into them, um, not only about sports, but just um, what about 
just life in general and uh, wisdom and also just uh, the beauty of a relationship with God. And so I just pray that that would uh, ooze out of him. So we commit it to you. We thank you in advance of the work you're going to do. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Dude. Yeah. Thanks, man. Yeah, thanks for coming. It's been a pleasure.